You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ask Concussion Doc. Today's episode is mostly meant for people that are suffering with persistent symptoms, PCS, and this episode is seven tips for concussed people over the holidays. Now, the holidays are obviously a great time. Everybody gets together. They are much better when you are healthy. For those with a concussion, it can be a little bit challenging. Crowds, alcohol, food, loud chatter can be rough on concussion patients. And so I wanted to provide you guys with some tips for the holidays, how to best navigate it. Um, feel free also to send this episode to friends and family so that they understand kind of what you're going through. Cause I think it can help everybody out if we're all kind of working off the same, uh, play sheet. So like I said here, I have seven tips. Um, so hopefully you come out of the other side of the holiday season, feeling better than how you go into it. And that is, um, you know, what we want our mission with both complete concussion management and the concussion fix protocol or program is to help concussion patients get better. Recovery is 100% possible, and I want everyone to know that. You just have to implement the right strategies. So here are seven tips that will hopefully help you over the next few weeks, all right? Uh, this is not by any means an exhaustive list, but it was the, the things that I thought were kind of the biggest helping factors uh, for people. So number one, avoid sugar, alcohol, refined carbohydrates, and processed foods. Obviously, very difficult to do during the holidays, but very, very important. What do these foods all have in common? Sugar, alcohol, refined carbs, processed foods. They are all pro-inflammatory meaning that they increase inflammation in your body. A major driver of persistent concussion symptoms is inflammation. So if you haven't listened to the podcast I did with Dr. Paul Herkel, please go back and listen to that as it's going to add a lot more context to kind of what I'm going to say here. But basically, concussion, brain injury, results in a neuroinflammatory process, right? The, the neurons within your brain become inflamed, your entire nervous system becomes inflamed. Within three hours of brain injury, the permeability of your gut lining increases. Gut permeability is also associated with inflammation. The foods you eat start to impact your inflammatory responses. Foods that are inherently pro-inflammatory can increase gut permeability on their own. And then you throw brain injury into the mix, increases gut permeability. You already have potentially increased gut permeability based on foods that you're eating. And then alcohol, refined sugar, refined carbohydrates, processed foods, not only increase inflammation and increase gut permeability, which makes your inflammatory response worse, which increases fogginess, increases fatigue, increases headache symptoms, and all the other factors that go along with persistent concussion symptoms, they also kill 
the good gut bacteria that you have and it creates something called um, back, or, um, uh, gut dysbiosis. So you have a, uh, a dysfunctional balance in your gut bacteria. So these types of foods harm that bacteria, increase inflammation in the gut and increase concussion symptoms. And so it's very important over the holidays to do what you can to try and pick healthier options. Things you should avoid again are sugar, alcohol, refined carbohydrates, processed foods, things you should more strive towards, okay? High protein, high fat, and high fiber. So basically whole foods. You wanna be eating things, meat, vegetables, fruit, avoiding breads, pastries, cookies, pies, you know, all the wonderful stuff that we love the holidays for. I know it's tough over the holiday season to avoid that stuff, but if you can, your body will thank you for it. Trust me on that one. In our concussion fix program, it's probably one of the number one things that people say is after they change their diet is when they noticed a huge jump in their, or a huge reduction in their symptoms, a huge jump in their recovery. So if you need help trying to figure out your gut, trying to figure out the right diet for you to how to eat in an anti-inflammatory way, how to repair your gut lining, how to reduce this inflammatory process, then you can check out the concussion fix program. If you go to concussiondoc.io, you will see the concussion fix program there. Another option for you is if you're following me on social media, just click on the link in my bio and that will take you there. We've set this up to try and teach people how to do this for themselves. This is not something that's typically going to be covered by most healthcare professionals. They are not even going to suggest that this could be a factor. So we've included this as one of our top things because we see it all the time, chronic inflammation, promoting chronicity of symptoms. And so therefore, trying to stay away from this stuff during the holidays is going to be super, super, super helpful for you. You will not regret that one. I also saw somebody comment here on the live that having ADHD um, makes avoiding sugar fun. <laughs> um, sugar is pro-inflammatory. It also um, stimulates the nervous system, right? So if you are hyperactive already, sugar can um, can be a, uh, a troubling thing for people with ADHD, um, but also people for a concussion because it's also pro-inflammatory. And also concussion is also creating excitation within the nervous system. And so adding sugar kind of fuels that and it's uh, kind of a double whammy. So um, not good. Number two, stay active. Concussion creates an imbalance in the autonomic nervous system. Your autonomic nervous system has two parts and they act like a teeter-totter. So you have a sympathetic side, which is your fight or flight system. The sympathetic side is when you sense danger, you can run away or you can try to fight the bear, right? Your pupils will dilate. You let more light in. That also increases the sensitivity to light. It increases your sensitivity to noise. So people that have light and noise sensitivity, oftentimes they have an autonomic dysregulation. Their sympathetic system is constantly turned on, right? You're constantly in a state of fight or flight high heart rate, inability to tolerate fluctuations in exercise, inability to tolerate fluctuations in cognitive loading. Um, all of this stuff points towards a bit of a high sympathetic drive. This is common after concussion. An autonomic dysregulation, high sympathetic drive. Your parasympathetic system, on the other hand, is your rest and digest system. 
Pupils constrict, heart rate lowers, breathing rate decreases, blood vessels constrict to the working muscles, puts more blood flow to the organs, right? Resting and digesting. Saliva production increases, gets you ready for digesting your food, eating, chilling out, being relaxed, okay? When you're in fight or flight, it shuts down your internal organs and it focuses more on the immediate danger, the, the immediate, oh my God, I got to get out of here right now, okay? So these two systems are in balance. One of the best ways to balance these systems is through regular physical activity. Oftentimes, patients with concussion are told to rest and do nothing. This is actually bad. Several studies over the past 10 years have found that if you do nothing at all, except for start an exercise program, you will start to see extreme benefits with that. One study showed a 77% return to full function just with doing exercise alone. Okay? Uh, I see questions coming in. I'm going to hold those questions to the end, okay? Um, again, if you're not sure how to start an exercise program, go to clinics.completeconcussions.com. Try to find a clinic in your area to run a Buffalo test. The Buffalo test will help to determine what a good, safe starting point is for an exercise program. If you go to clinics.completeconcussions.com and you do not find a clinic in your area, go to concussiondoc.io and check out the Concussion Fix program because we have in there a way to do this on your own. We have a way to safely start an exercise program on your own so that if you don't know how to do this or every time you exercise you keep having symptoms or maybe you don't get symptoms during but you get symptoms after and all these questions that typically come up. I don't get symptoms when I do you know, walking or running but I get symptoms when I lift weights. There's a reason for all of this, right? And the concussion fix program is, is to help you set that up if you don't have access to a good clinic nearby. So check out clinics.completeconcussions.com if you can find a clinic. Try to get a treadmill test, the Buffalo Concussion Treadmill Test. If you don't have that in your area, check out the concussion fix because we teach you how to start this on your own in a safe way uh, from scratch, okay? So number two is stay active because it helps to balance the autonomic nervous system. Right? When you get together with family and friends and there's chatter going on and there's everything around you that's very stimulating, your body gets into a state of fight or flight. Your autonomic nervous system starts to become imbalanced. You start to not be able to focus and concentrate on conversations because your sympathetic system is kicking up. It's sensing danger. Right? Meanwhile, it's not. It's not dangerous, but it's sensing that danger and that, that is going to increase your symptoms. And so exercising and having good regular exercise can help you to improve blood flow and help to balance the autonomic nervous system. Number three, prepare yourself ahead of time. You are going into something that is going to be a challenge for you. So if you are celebrating with family and friends over the holiday season, it's likely that you're going to have to travel in a car. It is likely that you are going to be at a dinner party with several guests and you're going to have to engage in conversations with maybe three people at the same time. And maybe there's indistinct chatter happening all around you. And maybe people are yelling because it's loud in there and now it gets louder and louder and louder and everyone keeps getting louder, okay? You are going to have to deal with this. Now, the stress of this leading up to this is going to make things difficult for you, but what you need to try and do is prepare yourself ahead of time for what you're going to have to go through. Okay? Rehab of any kind involves gradually preparing yourself for the strain or stress that's going to be put on you. Training for anything 
right? If you are going to run a marathon, you are going to have to start training for that marathon. You can't just show up to the marathon and hope to do well, right? You're, that's just a recipe for pain and disaster. So same thing with going to a Christmas party, having not socialized in months, that's not going to end well for you. So what you need to start doing is think about what the activities or what activities you're going to be doing while you're at these events and then figuring out how to progress yourself into that. For example, let's talk about um, let's talk about riding in a car. So if you have to ride in a car, let's say an hour or two in order to get to whatever event you may be going to, if you're not good at riding in cars, what you have to do in anticipation of that is not rest and do nothing and hope that it all goes away or hope that by saving up your energy, you'll be able to tolerate it better because that's not how it works. What you have to do is desensitize your nervous system to these external stressors. So if riding in a car is difficult for you, what you need to do is start riding in a car more frequently, not going right in for a two hour drive, right? But if you know that I have to go two hours, Okay, you need to start riding in a car at least 15 minutes every single day or to where you start experiencing symptoms. So you go on a car ride, you start to experience symptoms, you say, okay, I start getting symptoms around 20 minutes. You stop, you wait for those symptoms to subside, you try it again, right? Every day you're riding for 20 minutes and then you're gradually increasing the time in which you're in that car. You'll notice that your tolerance begins to increase very rapidly once you start get over that initial hump. You'll realize that you can do it, but you'll also realize that you have and develop strategies for when you do start to experience symptoms, what can you do, right? Is it better if you start looking around at different things rather than focusing down the thing? Is it better if you close your eyes? Is it worse if you close your eyes, right? Figuring out these strategies is important, and this is part of the game. This is part of that rehab. This is part of building your tolerance or something. You will learn that the line is easy to push further down the road, meaning you can get further without experiencing symptoms. But then you also learn these little strategies that when you do get symptoms, you know what to do about it. And so that's super, super important. Another example, crowds and chatter, right? How can you build up your tolerance to be able to handle that? Well, have some friends, go to a coffee shop, sit down for five minutes, have a quick conversation and then leave. Start with five minutes, then go to 10 minutes, then go to 15 minutes, then go to 20 minutes and work your way up to be able to eventually sit there and have you know lunch in a restaurant with a bunch of people around having a conversation with, with three or four people at a table. That type of stuff prepares you for these events. You have to kind of build up to that event ahead of time, okay? Now, we're getting a little bit late, obviously, to start doing that, but this is how I want you to think about it. Don't think about it as, oh no, I'm going to that. Think about, okay, I have to be able to do that how can I work backwards and prepare for that? Okay, because again, getting back to the autonomic nervous system, if you've prepared, you've basically, you know, told your autonomic nervous system that this is okay. I've done this before. I've been in this experience before. I can handle this. But if you go into it worried, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this because you haven't done anything to prepare yourself. You're going to show up there and all of that is just going to just mount this huge fear, anxiety response, right? This fight or flight mode is going to kick in and all the symptoms are going to come rushing back and it's going to overwhelm you. So, but you have to think ahead of time. You have to plan and prepare ahead of time. I have to be able to sit in a car. So I need to start working on sitting in a car. I need to be able to tolerate a crowd of people and conversation. How can I do that? What environments stimulate or simulate that type of scenario? 
coffee shops, go to the mall, hang out in the food court, whatever it is, you can do that in incremental uh, you know, time periods. Go for 10 minutes, feel it, leave. Come back the next day, go for 10 minutes, feel it, leave. Then try 15, then try 20, then try 25, then try 30, etc., etc. Next thing you know, you'll be able to get far down the line. So you have to have that preparation mindset of saying, here's what I need to do. Let's break the components down and move on. Okay. Number four, set boundaries. Notify your friends and family that you're going to be hanging out with that, hey, I've been dealing with this concussion for a while now. I'm having symptoms still. Crowds are tough. Noise is tough. You know, conversations are sometimes hard to follow. I get, you know, I just, I can't keep things in my head. I forget things easily, whatever it may be. Just say, I may have to excuse myself at, you know, varying time points just because there's just a lot of stuff going on. So just know that I may need to step away to grab a breather here and there. So now what you've done is you've given yourself permission to exit and you've done it ahead of time. So that when you start to experience increases in symptoms while being at that event, you don't have to feel awkward about making a call and being like, hey, uh, I need to go because then there's all these questions swirling and you feel awkward doing it. But going in there and kind of getting in front of it and just saying, you know, just sending an email to everyone who's going to be there and saying, hey, guys, just so you're aware, you know, I had a concussion X number of months ago. You know, I'm still kind of dealing with the ramifications of that. Sometimes it's difficult for me to hang out in crowds. Sometimes it's difficult for me to have these conversations, et cetera, et cetera. I may need to step out. So now you've told them that you have certain issues that may increase your symptoms. You still want to go because you still would love to see everybody and you still want to give it a shot. But I may need to take a break. I may need to find a quiet room. I may need to go outside. I may need to, et cetera, et cetera, okay? But set those boundaries ahead of time and it'll be much easier for you to keep those boundaries while you're in the in uh, at the event itself, okay? Number five, this kind of goes with number four, take breaks. Breaks are good. Oftentimes we can feel those symptoms mounting and we start to panic a little bit because our nervous system senses that danger. It starts to increase our heart rate. Our pupils start to dilate, right? Our sympathetic system starts to kick into overdrive thinking that there's danger, there's danger, there's danger. Even though there's no bear there, you're just, you know, sitting chatting with your cousin Frank on the couch and all of a sudden it's overwhelming to you, okay? Noise becomes louder. You know, every light becomes brighter. It's your sympathetic nervous system kicking into fight or flight mode. You need at that point, to take a break, right? You need to kind of get away from that. And then number six is breathe, okay? Number six ties in with number five, which ties in also with number four. Number six is breathe. So back to the autonomic nervous system, right? Sympathetic system, fight or flight. Parasympathetic system, rest and digest. Your parasympathetic system is mediated by a nerve called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve comes from your brainstem in your neck, high up in your brain at the very top. And it's a cranial nerve that comes from the brainstem and it goes everywhere to all your internal organs. This nerve is highly innervated, highly activated by the diaphragm. So deep breathing activates or stimulates the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is your parasympathetic nervous system. By stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, what you do is you elevate it. And because remember, this is a teeter-totter. 
So if your sympathetic is high, it means your parasympathetic is low. So how do we get the sympathetic down? Well, we have to raise the parasympathetic and that will create that balance. So if you are in a situation where all of a sudden, um, oh my God, I'm not able to concentrate. My headaches are you know, coming on strong. I'm starting to feel like I can't focus on things. I'm feeling kind of disconnected. I'm feeling a little bit dizzy, um, not able to focus and concentrate. All of a sudden it's like your parasympathetic system is mounting. So, or your, sorry, your sympathetic system is mounting. You say, sorry, I need to take a quick break. I'm just getting a little bit, you know, overwhelmed here. Okay, cool. Find a, another room in the house, find, you know, go outside, whatever it may be, but you need to now have a technique to switch that up. And the easiest way that you can do that is the breath. So regular exercise is going to help balance the autonomic nervous system in the long term. So it's going to be harder for your sympathetic system to kick up because you have good, um, good balance because of regular exercise. If you are not exercising regularly, or even if you are, but you still have to deal with these setbacks every once in a while where, ooh, I'm getting out of whack here, you need to be able to reset that quickly. And the breath is the best way to do this, okay? So uh, box breathing is one technique. There's, there's other techniques like the Wim Hof method of breathing, just ways you can do this quickly. Um, also just slowing down the breath and just deep in through you know, the diaphragm through the belly breathing in and out in a very slow way. And the best way to do this is to practice and build the skill in advance, right? Same thing with meditation, right? If you're, you know, in a very stressful time, now is not the time to try and meditate. It's not going to work for you. You have to learn how to meditate before it's actually a usable skill that you can draw upon when you need it. The same thing goes with breathing. If you learn how to channel the breath, how to use it to your advantage, how to use it to balance out your system, you can call upon that in times of stress when you need it, right? You know what else stress does? Stress increases gut permeability, right? Stress um, decreases your food digestion, which increases and promotes inflammation, which increases neuroinflammation, which it's all cyclical, right? So you can see a lot of the stuff that we're talking about all has this common thread around inflammation and the autonomic nervous system. That those are the biggest things, those are the biggest takeaway points. And so you need to find ways to balance that and reduce inflammation. All right. Then finally, number seven, actually let's do a quick review before the final one. So what do we have here? We have, scrolling up my list, we have number one, avoid sugar, alcohol, refined carbohydrates, processed foods because they promote inflammation. Number two, stay active because that improves blood flow and balances the autonomic nervous system. Number three, prepare yourself ahead of time. Get, you know, reduce your nervous system hyperactivity by, by, um, by challenging it ahead of time to learn where your boundaries are, to understand that it's safe, to you know know your limits, and also be able to kind of push that timeline and teach your body that this is okay and safe. Number four, set boundaries. Okay, notify friends and family of what you're going through and that you may need to take breaks. Number five, take those breaks. Right, don't try to power through it. Take the breaks when you need them, and it will pay off. Number six breathe, right? Take during those breaks, you know, use the breath to try and bring up the parasympathetic system, try to calm down the sympathetic system, right? This is all just a nervous system hyper arousal. So if you're there and you're like, Oh my God, just 
you just need to rebalance. That's all you need to do. So just try to stay calm. Remember my words. You just need to rebalance. Then now let's rebalance. Okay. Let's work on deep breathing. Okay. One of the best ways to improve parasympathetic tone, the breath is between four and a half and six and a half breaths per minute. Okay. So we did the math on this. I think it works into about a four second inhalation and a four second exhalation. I think we'll get you to about six and a half breaths every minute. Okay, so try to do that. Okay, and you're gonna have a longer exhale than inhale. So you can do, let's say a three second inhale with a five second exhale, whatever it may be, but around that eight or nine seconds will give you the right amount of breathing. All right, so that's, that's the first six. Number seven, the final one, set goals for the future, okay? Right around New Year's, everyone starts making their New Year's resolutions. Your mindset is key to your recovery. Oftentimes, patients with concussion, especially if you've been dealing with this for a long time, you start to get defeated, and that's understandable. You start to think, this is me. This is my new normal. My doctor says I better get used to it. This is my new normal. And so you basically just give up, right? That is a bullshit because it's not your new normal unless you want it to be. If you want to stay sick, that is in your own mind. That is the advice that you're going to listen to. If they say, oh, this is your new normal, that's them just giving up. Okay. And if you want to take that, that's fine. Right. And I've recently had this conversation with a few people inside the concussion fix program. Right. If you don't think you can get better, you won't. These types of people tend to make excuses rather than take action, right? They've convinced themselves that nothing can be done. So rather than put the work in, it's easier just to make excuses and say, well, you know, I had a concussion and, you know, this guy rear-ended me at a red light. And it's always someone else's fault. They're not taking responsibility for their own recovery, okay? That's super, super important. So I'm going to tell you something here. Recovery is 100% possible and it's also kind of your choice. You know who want, you know who gets better? Those that not only know it's possible or those who um, not only want to get better and know that it's possible to get better, uh, but those who actually know that they are going to get better. They have this mindset of like, okay, I'm gonna do this, this is how it's gonna be. And they're already thinking that they're in the on the road to recovery. They're not thinking and dwelling on their past symptoms, right? So if you think you can't, you've already lost, right? Here's a quote from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. Here's another one that's been attributed to Buddha. The mind is everything. What you think, you become. What you feel, you attract. What you imagine, you create. So now, think about what you sit around and think about, right? Do you uh, think about your, you know, symptoms? Do you spend your time thinking about your injury? Do you spend your time thinking about, you know, do you feel helpless? That is what you are attracting. That is what you are bringing in, right? So what you think, what you think you can become and what you think you feel you attract. So think about what you are inviting in when you think about these things, okay? I know I said the word think there a lot. Uh, There's a lot of research on chronic pain that, that shows this same thing. So we're coming to the end of the year right? New Year's is in a few days. So what do you want to become for the new year? What do you want to attract? Many concussion patients don't actually sit down and think about the future, right? When you're done with this, and you have to think in that when I'm done with this, when I recover, I am going to do this, right? I am going to move, you know, into 
X, I want to do this. And then now you can take the steps to come back to it and say, if I want to do this, how, what do I have to do to get there? Right? So take the time to start looking forward. Try not to start looking back. So change your mindset from I uh, have a concussion to I am recovering from my concussion. Okay. You have to actually feel that in your mind. Okay. The concussion fix, again, this is one of the first things we do inside this program is talk about mindset, changing from, um, you know, this fixed mindset of this is how it is to a growth mindset of I am going to get better. And that completely flips the, the framework. And that's something that people carry throughout that program. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so successful for patients is teaching them how to kind of foster that mindset. So I think that you know, in this period of time, it's a time to a reflect on the, you know, the past year and everything that's happened, but it's also a time to look forward and say, okay, what am I going to do this year? How am I going to improve myself? How am I going to get better? Okay. If you have the mindset that you're not going to get better and you're stuck just thinking about that, then uh, unfortunately that's probably where you're going to stay. So the choice is yours. Um, so don't underestimate the power of the mind. And I say that to be motivational, not to be, you know, condescending in any way, because I know that it is challenging when you're in it to think about outside of it. But you have to do what you can to try and bring yourself to this to say, you know, I am not concussed. This is not who I am. I'm I suffered a concussion and now I'm doing the things I need to do in order to get better and recover. And I'm going to get better every single day. It's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be like this. But talk to me in six months, I will be far better than I am today, as long as you do the work. So with that, I want to wish all of you a safe and happy holiday season. I want to wish you all the luck, prosperity and love in the new year. Recovery is possible and start acting like you are already well on your way and that will flip your mindset. That's it for me. We're back in January. Uh, take care, everybody. I'm going to answer some live questions now and um, we'll see you guys in the new year. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.